Sleepers, Yoda this is. Powerful you have become. But the dark side I sense in you. I sense used other draft kits you have. Once down the dark side, forever will it dominate your destiny. A dark place we find ourselves in. And a little more knowledge lights our way. The light of sleeper wire draft genius. Get the draft genius from sleeper wire. Passed on what they have learned. The draft genius is here. Scrub the force it is. Pre-order now by sleeper wire Patreon going to. Yes. <laughs> do or do not. There is no trap. Welcome to Sleeper Wire. I mean, Break from the Grind. I'm your host, Jason. This is my co-host, George. Say hi to the people, George. Are we legally allowed to say that now? I don't know if we're... Uh, I, I don't, I don't I know. Have they, no, I haven't either. Was, <laughs> is that shit still in the mail? Might, may, yes. Might, may, yes. <laughs> do, they, do they even ask for our address? Or Are we sure we're contractually allowed to say any of this right now? I think so. I Listen, I just know my wage is negotiated and agreed upon. You're getting a wage? You're not? Uh, guys, I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm already about to quit already. <laughs> Second day on the job, I quit. <laughs> Second day on the job. Evan, I'm out. Uh, so, what, if you haven't heard by now, what George and I are referring to is we have been uh, lucky enough to partner up with the Sleeper Wire and the guys over at all their Sleeper Wire uh, programming. So, what that means is we will still be doing BFTG the way we've always done it. Uh, we may have a different intro. Uh, we may have some promos going. We may have a logo. We we may have a sponsor. We may get a, We may get some of that sweet sweet podcast. I don't know. We're I don't not getting. Know. You're not getting. Listen, I negotiated your wage as well. Shit, you're fucked. Shit, I make exactly double the amount you do. Oh well, since I'm making nothing, that's at least <laughs> double or nothing. Somehow you got double or nothing. L- listen, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse, and I said I'll take it. <laughs> is that just to join them was that a, yes i feel like we could have held out for more uh, yes you know it's it's one of those things where like there was that message out there they were looking for new hosts and uh, george told me about it and i immediately was like yeah let's do that yeah so it half-heartedly i was like pick me lol and then we got to we got to talking and and they're like dude if you're serious let's do it like you know we got to put it up to a vote i got to run it by the rest of the crew but it seems more like a formality than anything else. I, w- and, I wasn't an afterthought, was I? No. Okay. No, no, I didn't have to neg- no sh- negotiate for you. They knew it was a, a partnership. Okay. So, but it was it was weird. And let me say, first off, I want to say thank you to the Sleeperware guys. We've always gotten along great with them. We have a great relationship. You know, we've we've guest spotted on, on some of their shows multiple times. They've guest spotted on our show multiple times. We've had a couple of the guys on. It made sense for us to join with them it really did we we bring a lot to the table for them they bring a lot to the table for us for us to to join them is truly truly an honor extremely grateful to adam and chris and and who's and lucas and everybody else i'm probably forgetting a few people steve 
There's like 40 of those guys. Yeah, Julian. Uh, Mikey, Ricky, Danny, Terry, Mikey, Davey, Timmy, Tommy, Joey, Robbie, Johnny, and Brian. Say again. Mikey, Ricky, Danny, Terry, Mikey, Davey, Timmy, Tommy, Joey, Robbie, Johnny, and Brian. And Willie. Willie. Yeah. Will. There's there's a bunch of them. I, I, I can't give everybody a shout out, but I'm truly grateful that... uh. That you guys did decide to bring us on. No, it really did make sense for us. First of all, because I love doing the Sunday Morning Blitz. Like I, uh, that ha- was one of my favorite things to do last year. I, my wife hated it because um, uh, she had to get up early on Sundays, and she's not a big fan of that. But, um, but I really enjoyed doing it, and and I'm gonna enjoy doing some of these other shows. Yeah, sh- show off a little more of my my fantasy football acumen. Yeah, because for some reason people don't think that like you're very good at fantasy football or or you even know what you're doing. Which is which is okay. I, I mean, listen, listen, let them underestimate you. That's fine. Well, I, mean, I, I keep beating them in leagues I'm in, so I'm good with that. No, you didn't beat them last year. I, listen, I had I was third. You were our, you so far last year. You you were in two leagues and you won one. So you win half your leagues. That's not bad. Yeah, it's fifty fifty. <laughs> I think anybody would take those numbers to be honest. Exactly. So. Uh, and listen, I was third in the other one. That's still not bad. I had a good team. I just had a, a shit playoff yeah. game. I so I lost to the eventual champion, and I lost to him by like what a point in the playoff. I don't. I don't it was, listen, I got eliminated in the first round, and I stopped watching. It was right. Or no, I got eliminated in the second, second round. round. Uh, I made it to the second round, and I stopped watching. It was. It was. So I did pretty well. But anyway, yeah, I'm fine with people underestimating me, yeah. and 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 a lot of it it's because you always make the comments that I don't know what I'm doing, which is true. Which is, yeah, you know. No, it's true that I make that comment. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, this guy who doesn't know what he's doing is beating beating you three out of four years in your home league. That's fine. You know, and then the fourth league. That's fine. Listen, it, it should, listen, there was one of the ones I should have won, and I didn't, and that's yeah. fine. Yep. Last year, even you, self-admittedly, got extremely lucky. I was in the finals and you had were. the best team all year you did. long. Oh, absolutely. You, listen, you took some little boy out back and in <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the whole era of, you know, Me Too and everything else, I probably shouldn't have said you took a little boy out back. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, I... I, uh, I Figuratively speaking, I, I, he was I, a grown man. He I, had a beard. I stole... Uh, Melvin Gordon. So, he did. So anyway, and he won you a couple of weeks. He he literally won me two weeks. But anyway, um, having said all that, we'll get back to it. We uh, we're so happy to be with Sleeper Wire. We're happy that they're uh, having us. They're going to let us do this the way we've always done it. We're always we're still going to have the you know poop dick and fart jokes. Nothing is changing. Literally nothing is changing other than the name, a sponsor, an extra ad here and there, and. Oh, and you get to hear more of us because we're going to be on more shows. More shows. And uh, plus, we're probably going to get better guests. And uh... Whoa, 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 what? Better guest? Yeah, better guest. Dude, we just had, we have Matt Harmon on in just a few minutes. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Matt done. Harmon is a fucking phenomenal guest. Matt, I want to apologize on behalf of Jason. He thinks we could get better guests than you. I think you are a great guest. T- time out for a second. Listen, I'm not saying Matt's bad. What I'm saying is, now that we're with Sleeper Wire, we might be able to trade up to Marcus Grant. Oh, hey! hey I hear his thoughts rising. Listen, I heard a rumor from a very reliable source. You can get two first rounders for Marcus Grant. That's what I'm saying. I'll trade a Matt Harmon. I'll trade a Matt Harmon, and I don't know Justin Lerano. Lanero. I know. I'm fucking with you. I know, and I got it. He's not on the line. I can do it. There's no pressure. So uh, maybe we can trade a Matt because I would say Justin Lanero and uh, Matt Harmon are two first rounders, right? Oh, I, 
Yeah, top so, five picks. So that's what I'm saying. I think we we could now that we're with sleeper, we can we can swing that. I I will reach out. Yeah, because I am actually curious if the rumor is true that Marcus Grant is on the trade block. All right, we'll check it out. I'll have to ask. I heard a rumor. A little it, foreshadowing maybe a little, here. Yeah, I was going to say. You may little. need to listen to the interview with Matt Harmon to, to fully understand this. But there's a rumor that Michael Fabiano is probably getting cut and Marcus Grant is on the trade block. I don't know what they're doing at the NFL Network, but those are rumors. All right. So what George alluded to is we were uh, going to have Matt Harmon on. We did an interview with him. We recorded it. Before we get to the Matt Harmon interview, what I'd like to mention is the third Mike from the Fantasy Life app It wants to know... If you're in search of another league. Aren't you always in search of another league? You can't have enough leagues. So with that said, he has a league that supports domestic violence prevention and relief and Toys for Tots. So why not join the Giving League? Tell me about the Giving League, Jason. What What is the Giving League? Well, so the Giving League is um, is a league he runs every year, right? And the last two years he's raised over $2,000. Damn. Right, right. And 100% of the donations for those leagues goes to charity. So, like, how do you determine which charity it's going to? Is there some type of, you know, does he get the pick or do you get the pick? Or how, how exactly does that work? Well, so if you win, right, you yep. know, like I probably would 50% of the time. Okay. So let's say, for example, you, you come in first. I come in first. I'll, right? I'll, I'll take, listen, I'll be okay. I'll take second. Okay. Okay. Um. So if, when I win. <laughs> when I you get, win. Yeah, when I win. The, <laughs> I get to choose where half the money goes, wherever I want it looks like, which I, if I can go to Toys for Tots, I can go to any, it looks like any charity I want, right? Okay, that's cool. So I get to donate, I'll, you know, my charity near and dear to my heart is uh, Toys for Tots. Half that money, right to Toys for Tots. Boom. Cha-ching. So if you were lucky enough to come in second. What do you mean? Wait. What do you mean if I'm lucky enough? I heard you, if. And you got Bitch, sn- I'm going to win it. And you got snuffed out by me in the finals yet again. <laughs> uh, that... The second place gets to choose a domestic violence shelter or a domestic violence organization to donate the other half to. Well, hell, that's actually a pretty good deal. Yeah. So, so if you want to reach out to a third Mike, he's on the Fantasy Life app and Twitter, both at at the third Mike. Reach out to him, donate, join the Giving League. Uh, you know, you know what they say when you donate money and and, and you feel good or something. I don't know. I I barely do that, so I don't know. <laughs> I never feel good. Oh, I thought you said you never donate. I'm like, well, that's probably bullshit. No, that's completely bullshit. I am going broke. <laughs> I've got another helmet. I've got another helmet for you to do. Yeah, I know. I'm actually excited about that one. So, George, as we talked about, uh, we're about to play our interview with Matt Harmon. We're and not about to play it. The listeners are about to listen to it. Well, I'm going to play it right here. We're going to have to listen the whole thing over. I don't want to listen the whole thing. I listened to it twice today. Is it, was it that good? It was that fucking good. All right. All right. We got a little deep. We talked about his weight loss journey. We talked about his depression a little bit. We talked about maybe some of my depression a little bit. Mostly that was just me hanging out with George. <laughs> and then uh, and then we got a little bit light towards the end. Uh, we got 20 very good questions with a really bad uh, name. There was no name for it. I, I just went with 20 quick questions. And actually, from the first time to the second time, they were significantly quicker. They were because Matt wanted to get off the phone. Well, that, anyway. that wasn't necessarily it. Anyway, so enjoy the interview with Matt Harmon. Today's guest is the creator of Reception Perception. He is a writer for the NFL Network. He's a man whose knowledge of wide receivers is only matched by his knowledge of Brussels sprouts. He is Matt Harmon. Matt, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I, I'm doing well. Um, thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. Thank you. No, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's a discussion that 
uh, as stated pre-show, it it has a lot of relevance for uh, for the current times for right now. Um, so the reason we're having Matt on is because we uh, we read about his weight loss, his incredible journey from I believe it was three hundred and fifteen pounds to um, when I what I read was two hundred and eighteen, but I don't know where you are now. And and the reason that's that's big for George and I is we're both doing a weight loss challenge at work. Um, we did a six month weight loss challenge. We started January second, uh, and it ends at the beginning of July. Um, so we thought, who better to have on and have a discussion about weight loss than somebody who's lost probably over a hundred pounds by now, but around a hundred pounds. Yeah, I weigh two oh eight now. So um, uh, fantastic. That, I, I wrote that article, I think, in like May two thousand sixteen. So yep. over two years, two years ago now at this point. Um, and I think that's one thing we will will touch on throughout this conversation is that uh, it's a it's like a journey that doesn't follow like one. You know, I think people think that it's just like one continuous path where you just you keep losing weight in like the same fashion. But um, at least for me it's been like a, it's been an evolution and I definitely have a, like a different physique now than I did when I wrote that article and obviously much different than uh, when I'm right. was talking about being 315 pounds. Right. For sure. Um, so, you know, you talked about your, your highest being 315 pounds. Um, one question I had for you and I'm probably going out of order and George will, That's George, will George will yell at me, but no, I won't. So I, uh, <laughs> Like I had the same kind of holy crap moment, and I don't know. You're okay with cussing, right? Like I, we usually do, but I want to make sure that you're like we're on the same page here. Yeah, but, yeah. If we can, if we can curse, that's probably for the best. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. All right. Then I'll we're, start- we're all on the same fucking page. All right. I'll <laughs> all right. Good. Good. I'll, I'll start that then. Um, so my holy shit moment was 300 pounds, but for me. Like I saw 300 pounds and went, man, I really should do something about that. And then at 324, I went, yeah, I guess I didn't really do anything about that. And I saw, I saw in your weight loss, you know, you, you said the three number was a big thing for you as well, but is it just that you were at like 290 something and then didn't bother looking again until 315? Cause that's kind of what happened to me. I looked and saw I was 300 and then I thought, man, I, I, uh, I'm just not going to look. And then I looked down and it was 324. Is that what happened with you? You just didn't bother looking until 315? Or did you have a similar, I should do something about that. And it was only 15 pounds later. You you actually did. Yeah, not necessarily. Like I would, well, I would definitely say that I was not like the type of person that was checking my weight regularly. I, 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 ironically enough, uh, when you know it's not going to be good news, you don't often check the mailbox, you know? So, <laughs> So there wasn't much that I, I knew I needed to see other than like it was going to say, hey, still too much, boy. Um, but yeah, so I would say that it wasn't like, a, you know, I saw the three and like immediately was like, oh, boom, this is the this is the moment like that. I had this awakening. It was just after a while. I think you see it and you just like when you don't I mean, the the theme of my of before my story started when I was just overweight my entire life was just, I just didn't give a shit. Like, and for the first few times seeing that three, like it was just, I don't care. Like who, you know, I'm just, you know, you're just living and you're not really thinking about it. And it just doesn't, you know, it's a funny thing. People always ask like, what is the aha moment? And there wasn't like one main one, but after a while, you know, you just, it does, you do start to think about it. And 
and it was just I think I mentioned in the story like my thought process was like oh my god like I'm like studying football so heavily you know being a, like a big obsessive fan of the game and like these offensive linemen and like defensive linemen weigh like 300 pounds and I don't look like them like you know so um yeah I think it was just uh ev- eventually like it was just an, it was an awakening moment but definitely did not happen like right away and and I know what you mean so you look at the football players and and they're on tv and you're sitting with friends and people are like man that is a massive guy and then you they put his height and weight up there and you're like oh oh yeah yeah that's not far from me i'm really close to that number or i'm a little bit bigger than that number and i'm not on the football field yeah right and they're like lifting weights and i'm definitely not so i don't know where like that uh, extra poundage is coming you know so now that's definitely um that's definitely a thing and you just don't like I don't know, maybe you guys are different and maybe people are listening are different, but you don't ever really like you don't ever really look at yourself and like see the number three fifteen and like the worst part is other people and I know people say this just to be nice, but there's like there, no, no way you don't weigh that you don't weigh three hundred pounds. Like, no way, you don't look like that. And in my head I'm like, Yeah, but like I do. <laughs> I mean right. I am. Yeah, you're so what you're, you're not being honest with me. Well Yeah, I, right. Like the the scale is a, a the objectivity that you kind of need sometimes and definitely after a while, like it just kind of sunk in on me. Like, yeah, I, I weigh like as much as like these football players that I watch on Sunday. And again, I I'm definitely not like in the weight room like they are. What's, what's funny too, is you, uh, you, when you're heavy, you don't see yourself as heavy as you are. You know, there's somebody at work that's, that I always assumed was bigger than me. And he was wearing a smaller shirt size than I was. And I'm thinking to myself, how is that possible? This guy's, you know, big. And, you He's know. He's talking about me. No, no. <laughs> and, and then, uh, so I just didn't see it on myself the way I saw it on him. But when you actually lose the weight, too, you still don't, you never see, like, I, so I lost a lot of weight before I got married. We're talking 19 years ago now. Um, and I ended up putting it all back on. But I lost my, I lost a, uh, about 100 pounds 19 years ago. Um, and I never saw myself as skinny either, even though I had lost a hundred pounds. So I think, I think that comes from your mental, like your personal self interest or, uh, the, uh, the mental picture you have of yourself is never quite as bad as you might think it is. And then it's really, it doesn't end up being as good as you'd ever want it to be. Yeah. I think I mostly agree with that, especially when you're on the heavy end, um, you know, maybe I just, I'm a shitty person, but like, I definitely was always like, well, you know, I'm definitely fat, but at least I'm not like as fat as that guy or, you know, or like, at least I don't look like that or, and, you know, just always putting these like comparisons for yourself. And it's like, eventually, what are you, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to compare yourself to like the person that, you know, you can't get out of their house? Cause they're so like, you know what I mean? And then like, either way, it's a rotten thing to do to like compare yourself to other people. And, and now, and, but that's just a, a, a like a horrible kind of thing about humanity that we have to, we have to deal with is like you said, it's always being either like too being too kind on ourselves or being too hard on my, on ourselves. Cause now at this point I'm like, man, I'm in the gym every day, but I don't look like that guy, you know? And it's like, it's almost like I'm reliving the curse of that way of thinking, but it, in reverse. Um, so I don't, that's a really negative thing to say, but it's, but it's just the truth. Like it's a way of making excuses for yourself when you really just got to focus on your own journey and where you, you are at, as opposed to like comparing yourself to other people. 
So what do you think is one of the most common reasons for people to either gain or struggle to lose the weight? Uh, I think it's honestly just routine. Um, you know, finding the time to do it. Uh, I would say that one of the biggest reasons that I was able to lose that weight in the first initial period was I had time to do it in my schedule. Like I was working, it was my, I was working my first job out of college. I was living on my own. Um, I was single. I was, you know, working nights and evenings. So like I had, I could wake up, you know, at 10 AM after like an evening or night shift and then go to the gym at like 1 PM when it's super not crowded, you know, or like I had time to do it. Uh, so I think that's a, honestly, I think that is one of the biggest reasons, like just from a surface based perspective, um, the lack of time in our schedules. And, and honestly, we, we put more into our schedule than we need to, you know, it's like, I, I, I think I'm, I'm hard on myself right now about like waking up in the morning and like, scrolling through Twitter for like 20 minutes before I get out of bed. And I'm like, Oh my God, what a waste of time that was. Like, what, what, that is 20 minutes. I, I took in nothing of value to my life and I've never, I'm never going to get that back. So we definitely, we all are very, very busy. There's no doubt about it, but we definitely force a bunch of needless things into our schedule. So I think the biggest thing, like from a surface based perspective is just timing and schedule um, and it's also just, people don't really know where to start. Um, I don't know where to, I didn't know where to start. Um, when I first, you know, the many, many times I tried and failed, um, to lose weight. And then you get frustrated because even if you do start, you might not have started on the correct, you know, the quote unquote correct program. And then two weeks later, you see no results or you might've even gained weight during your, your time of trying to diet or whatever. Like a lot of people just really don't know what to do. Um, so I think that's, those are two just kind of like very basic reasons why people struggle. Yeah. I think with the way society is today where everybody wants it right now, uh, there's, there's no long term. there's no, you know, they need immediate satisfaction, immediate results. Uh, if you do something for a week or two and you don't see, you know, gigantic results, I can see how that could turn you off from, from trying to do something. Yeah. And a lot of diets are you know, really misleading or again, they might not be perfectly suited to what you need. Um, but you hear about them, you know, on, on Twitter or social media or whatever, or like on an Instagram post and you just pick it up and try to follow it, but it's not perfectly laid out to you. Um, you know, that, that's a big issue too. And, and that can really delay that gratification even more if you're not, I, like I say all the time, it really is a case by case basis. Like what worked for me might not necessarily work for another person, which is really tough. Like it's just, it's a very difficult thing to do. I mean, that is the bottom line is that's why a lot of people struggle with it is because it's very, it's really hard. Um, and there's a lot of temptations and a lot of, um, I think a lot, and a lot of people just get addicted to the, the convenience and ease of, of not taking care of yourself. Cause it is, you know, objectively just much easier to, just to live that way. Well, and I was also going to throw in, I mean, on top of being easier, it's also a whole lot cheaper, you know? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, that is true. You know, it, they always say if you want to eat healthy, shop the edges of the grocery store and not the middle, you yeah. know, because the edges are where you're, even produce, if your, your produce, your meat, and even your fresh baked breads instead of some of the stuff that that's completely processed, and so, but the edges of the stores are where the expensive stuff is. And, yep. you know, 
a big or like a, a junior bacon cheeseburger is a dollar and the salads are four. You know what I mean? It's like there's there's a wide gap between eating healthy and eating junk food. You know? Yeah, yeah, and also like you know, buy like a gym membership can, is expensive unless you go to like I know Planet Fitness gets a bad rap, but like that that as a postgraduate student like uh or student coming out of undergrad like that ten dollars a month was crucial (laughs) to me like that is that was awesome and like it was it was exactly what i needed so i'll always stand for planet fitness even though they get a bad rap because they they kind of play like that goofy image of like we're accepting and we love everybody which is great and everybody should love everybody but still um and i also like yeah you're you're totally right about food like I can remember a dinner party that um, the group of guys I worked with at the NFL, um, Alex Gelhar, Marcus Grant, and um, uh, and franchise like Marcus and Alex or Marcus and franchise and I had like our significant others at the time there, and like Mar- I think it was one of someone somehow it got into a debate about like about like why how like a homeless person could be like overweight or something, and I think it was um, one of us made the point like. Well, because the quinoa, you know, kale bowls aren't like a dollar fifty, but you can get like three burgers for four to, for three dollars at McDonald's. You know, like it is, it's a very difficult thing to like make that healthy choice, and um, it's just not as readily available either. Um, so it, 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 yeah, it's expensive in addition to it being difficult. Well, and and being truly eating truly healthy food means a lot of home preparation. You yeah, know, we can all eat junk. You can just go to any, you know any groceries or any corner market, you know, any gas station has junk, any McDonald's, you know, but eating like something truly healthy, typically there's with very few exceptions, typically you're making something at home. And so, you know, especially when you're talking about the homeless, they're not making anything. It's all prepared. Yeah. It's all processed food. Yeah. Yeah, And, and, and that, that meal prep, uh, time is, is just another time commitment. Um, definitely like it and there are ways to get around that like you know meal prepping like getting things ready for your entire week um i wouldn't advise like anybody that is trying to lose weight like a really good investment is like a big like a big crock pot or a big slow cooker that you can throw a bunch of chicken breasts for the week and you know like get a whole bunch of chicken like grilled chicken ready and you know without any skin or fat or anything with just a bunch of breasts and and you know, really have that ready for like the entire week. Um, that's like a been a big life save for me. Um, so that I'm not having to like grill a chicken every time I want to have lunch <laughs> or something. So yeah, it's definitely it, like, it is a, it's a commitment. Um, yeah, just another thing that you got to commit your time to. Exactly. Yeah. So when you talk about time, George and I both work for the same company, uh, in our, in our, we call it the factory cause we don't mention where we work here, but, uh, at the factory, we both work uh, 10 to 12-hour days, every, pretty much five to six days a week. Coming home after a 12-hour day and then having to cook from scratch, it's one of those – it's one of the pitfalls when you're trying to lose weight. It's so much easier just to go, do you want to order a pizza or <laughs> – Yeah. Do you want me to stop at uh, Steak and Shake on the way home and grab something? Right. Yeah. So, and, and again, it, you're right. It, it really does boil down to time. Even the gym – um, I, I've started recently going to the gym, but I have to get up at five in the morning to do it. And I struggle every day when the alarm goes off because my body hates getting up at 5am. You know, if you're going to do it, you have to make a sacrifice somewhere. 
Yeah, you, you, I mean, Jason's 38, I'm 36, or no, I'm 37, I'll be 38 in November. Um, you, did we, you just forget your age? I did. Okay. Um, we, we, we didn't get to be as big as we are by having good practices and habits. I mean, when I, so I was in the military when I got a, when I graduated boot camp from the Marine Corps, I weighed 210 pounds mm-hmm. at my peak. I was 326 pounds. Oh yeah. So there was a time when I was a really skinny fit guy and whatnot, but over the years, it just, I stopped caring. I, I didn't, I still kind of don't care what people think of me personally. That's a good thing. But I know, but <laughs> I, I do care about, you know, being there for my kids and, and being there long-term for my wife and, and my family and whatnot. And that's what really sparked my change. Um, I know reading through, uh, the post that you have, uh, pinned on your Twitter account, you mentioned that your journey started in 2013 and it was brought on by depression. Yeah. Uh, what, if you don't mind going there, um, what, yeah. what kind of stuff, you know, brought on, I know there was some stuff with your grandma and some stuff like that, but I mean, do you want to elaborate? Yeah, sure. Um, for me, it was, uh, in terms of like what sparked really the darkest period of my life was, I mean, I always, I kind of say that like, it was something that was always coming for me. You know, I think you can look back like once these things happen on like earlier parts of your life and be like, okay, yeah, that was a, you know, that was a warning sign that something wasn't quite right. Um, or like I didn't react to that in like a normal healthy way. Um, but it sometimes takes like a bit of a a powder keg to kind of blow everything up. Um, and a lot of the, probably the biggest reason, um, that like launched me into the, into that period of darkness was, it was like a, you know, it was just a lot of things at once, but mostly it was a breakup with this girl. I really just, you know, my, my feelings on love and, and marriage are complicated now at this point, but, uh, that was the first person I ever felt like a real connection with because, you know, I had had so many like insecurity issues growing up, um, you know, just a lot of self image problems that I rarely felt like I could be myself around somebody. Um, and then when this, you know, when this happened, uh, it was like, I was, man, I felt like this was the first time I had ever, um, been myself around somebody. And, you know, inherently when they, like when somebody breaks up with you, even if they tell you like it's for, reasons more about them than it is you or whatever it's not you it's me yeah yeah you're gonna take that as oh man like i was being completely myself to this person and they wanted to get out of here what's wrong with me uh so that was that was like kind of what just pushed me over the edge and again just these things that i had always these negative feelings that i had always felt just really that exacerbated it and what spawned from that was probably like four to like four to six months of just utter self-destruction. I mean, you know, not to go into the whole thing, but you know, I hurt myself in many ways, uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, you know, and that was a real dark moment. Um, I did not think I was going to make it out of there, (laughs) you know, for, for lack of a better word. Um, but, uh, through that moment, um, you know, and I think I talk about this a little bit in the piece, um, but there's obviously a lot more to the story to tell, uh, which I hope to tell in full someday. Um, it, it was, it was just, uh, 
it, it, what, what came out of there was just this need of like, oh my God, I have to give myself a reason to keep going. Like I have to give myself a, or I'm going to, or I'm not going to keep going. Like I'm going to get, I'm going to give up on life and, and, you know, end it. Uh, and, and from that came the journey into starting a, starting a website, uh, starting to write about football and then also starting the weight loss journey. And the reason I wanted to do it was I just wanted to stop looking at the mirror and and just fucking hating myself, <laughs> like for lack of for lack of a better way to look at it, like that was the, the way it was. And um, I thought that this was something that I could also. I think it's also a control thing too. Like when you're in that space of depression and you can't, like, you feel like you have no control over the direction of your life outwardly, and also you have no control over how you view yourself internally. And it just constantly feels like there's just there's just this feeling of like you can't get out of bed, you can't. You can't interact well with people. You can't do anything right. Like, let me do something to like take control of that. And this was the one thing, like my diet and exercise, that I could control. And once I started to do it and started to see that result, it was like a, it was just a total uh, one eighty. And I think you almost become like addicted to it uh, because it's because it's making you feel good. So um, that period of my life was was the reason I, I really started. And um, I think because you know, I'm honestly afraid of ever getting back to a point like that. Uh, I think that's the reason that I part of the reason why I continue to to evolve and grow down the like weight loss path to, to this day. Well, so let me ask when so food's addictive, so does addictive, obviously, did weight loss, you saying weight loss was addictive, and it helped drag you out of the depression. Um, and and fantasy football is addictive. Yeah. Did yeah. did starting the podcast, the analysis, you know, you threw yourself into that full force. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think that replaced the food, and that maybe would have helped as well? Just as a, it, you mean like just replace the addiction? The addiction, correct. So it, instead of being addicted to food, now you're addicted to watching, you know, Randy Moss, or you know. <laughs> Um, that's a good question. And I think that, I think there's definitely some merit to that for sure. Like I, I have an addictive personality. Um, when I, I have a, I say like my, it's like my strongest and weakest point because when I want something like, or, and I want to be good at something, I will sink my teeth into it and like completely go all out to be the best writer, the best, you know, friend that I can be. But also like things I, things at the same time, like, Things I don't really give a shit about, I really struggle to give any shit about. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a meeting at work or something. Like, if I don't care about this at all, like, I really don't care. And that's not something you need. To, you can't. You can't live like that all the time. Um, but so I, I definitely think that like um, uh, football and like the writing, it definitely took the place. Maybe it did take a place like internally, but I think the biggest thing about it was. Um, it was positive feedback. Like if for one, it was, it was the thing I loved to do. I, again, I loved to write. I loved to think and talk about football. So it only made sense to kind of, um, combine the two. Um, and also it was, uh, it was a distraction. Um, because I think that when you're, when you're in, when you're in that moment of depression, like you have to kind of reset expectations for your life in a way, like, it's almost like learning to be a human being again when you're trying to get out of it. Like, okay, today I need to, um, I need to get through the day without, 
um, wanting to, you know, do something negative to myself or I need to just get out of bed in the morning and like view that as this big victory. Like there's a lot of little things you got to do to kind of try to push back and come back from these things. And I think with blogging and writing, it was like being able to complete these tasks and like also they were things I wanted to be doing. Those are like huge positive reinforcements. And then the third thing was the feedback. Um, and this was, this is the great part about social media and, you know, the fantasy football community or football Twitter or whatever, like the fact that I was putting, um, you know, not right away because, you know, nobody's just going to walk right into a, a, an audience. But, um, you know, putting things out there on Twitter, like putting articles out there and, and having people read them be like, wow, this is really good. Like, you know, the first the first few writers that ever like writers that I followed that like read my stuff and uh, liked it like that was those were huge moments for that, like comeback, um, I guess, if you want to call it that. So I think that it and maybe I got addicted to that. Maybe I maybe honestly, maybe I am still uh, in a way addicted to that, like positive uh, affirmation um, from from my career and from my work, uh, because it gave me a reason when I hated myself the most, when I was in my worst spot to think like, wow, there, you know, there's actually people enjoying this stuff I'm putting out there. Maybe I should keep doing this. And, you know, having that good reinforcement was just, was, was huge. Um, so talking about the depression a little bit, and I, it, this isn't one of the questions on the thing. I'm, I'm just like, I'm hearing things and I want to go over it. So, and you talked about your girlfriend breaking up with you and that's kind of what you sent you spiraling down. Look, do you think that you were probably already depressed, but her, her, uh, affirmate, her daily affirmation, just by being with her, you had that daily affirmation that you were okay, that you were somebody that she wanted to be with. So you were in good, you know, good mental health. There, there was something there to live for. Do you, do you think you had depression before and it was just masked by the fact that you had something like a girlfriend to hang on to or do you think it really sent you down the path the moment that happened i mean that's a tough that's a tough question that i don't know that there's like a right or wrong answer to um like i said i definitely think you can look i can sit here now with the you know maybe the benefit of hindsight but like looking back at different points in my you know young adult or childhood and being like okay that is you know is not a normal way to respond to that situation like a person that has a good self image and like, you know, isn't suffering internally. Like that's not a, that's not what that person would do, you know, but I, that is what I did. Uh, so I think there's definitely, there's obviously those warning signs, you know, I, I, her and I are on really, we're on good terms now at this point we've had, um, because you know, I mean, Hey, look, we're all human beings here. We've had our back and forth for right. us <laughs> <laughs> since, since that time. Um, but and in those in those conversations, you know, her and I have talked about about this, and you know, it's like I don't blame you for doing this to me. Like you didn't you didn't put me into this position. Like this, I, what I've always told her, and what I would say is the answer to this question is like this was coming for me no matter what. Um, this this feeling was coming. It was you know it was going to happen some way or another. This just happened to be um, the trigger or the, the the match that lit up the house, but. You know, the good part is like th that house needed to burn down. Um, it was not set on good foundation. It, it was I, I was very, you know, not 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 confident, not 
not it just wasn't a well-built house and you can't like just paint over the shutters in those scenarios sometimes you got to tear the whole thing down to its foundation and that's what happened to me and it was a very pos- positive experience um obviously in like the my, my life is pretty freaking awesome now like you know this is i i because of that because of all that happening like it changed my life course completely and put me on a path where I did lose all that weight where I did get a job with the NFL network and I get to live my dream every single day. And, and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, but the, the, in terms of depression going into it, I don't know that like she masked it or anything, or I was just always running from it and always hiding from these feelings that I had. Um, it, it just, sometimes something happens and it just becomes unbearable. And like all of those internal things that you feel become like a real part of your life. Right. So it's, it's funny cause I'm sitting here, I'm listening to everything you're saying. And recently we had Justin, go ahead, George. <laughs> Justin Lanaro. So yeah. I can do it, Jason. I can do it. Uh, it took him, it took him six tries, give or take. It when, was, it was three. And then you took over oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to say Justin's last name. But uh, we, we, we recently had him on, and I'm sitting here listening to to your story, and I'm thinking back to when we had him on and his story. And as most people who know him know, his his vice was alcohol, and mm-hmm. and your vice was was food and weight gain. I know I struggled with the weight gain as well. So did Jason, and both of you guys said that it just one day something clicked. Whether it, with him, he doesn't really know what it was. It was just, it clicked that he didn't want to do this no more. It's not the person he wanted to be with yeah. you. It, you know, you had your, your incident with the girlfriend and you were going down a hill and into a dark place and you just, it clicked one day. This is not the person I want to be. That's kind of what happened with me. I wasn't in a bad spot, but I, I seen a photo with me and my daughter and, and that photo just embarrassed me. And, and and it clicked for me for that day that something needs to change. Something needs to be done. Do you think that everybody who, you know, is struggling with something, whether it be, you know, alcohol, depression, weight gain, something eventually will just click with them to where they realize something needs to be done? Or, I mean, do you think it's more that they recognize it themselves or is it more, do you think it's more beneficial for somebody to actually tell them, Hey, you know, you need to change this. You can't keep doing this. You're going down a bad hole. You're getting into a bad place. I don't know. That is a tough question. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think, I think with, with weight loss, you know, it, it, it's kind of two, two separate issues, I guess, for me, at least like with not, not two separate issues because they're so intertwined depression and weight loss. Like, you know, the, they happen at the same time, you know, they, one combated the other, all that sort of thing. So in some ways they're not separate, but like with weight loss specifically, um, you know, my mom, uh, her dad died when she was a teenager because he had a heart attack. He didn't take care of himself, you know, all that sort of stuff. So she was constantly, you know, grow when I was growing up, like, you know, never so much as to like, push it on me, but always kind of saying like, you know, Matt, you got to start taking care of better, better care of yourself. You got to start, you know, you got to start thinking about being a healthier person and trying to like find ways to construct. My mom is the greatest mom in the world. Like, sorry to all the other moms out there. <laughs> sorry to break, break, break the bad news, but you're all competing for second. Um, she's, the, she's the type of, she's the type of person that never pushes 
um, pushes something directly on you, but like knows how to get you to want to do the right thing with the certain like reinforcements. So she's just genius that way in a way that like, I wish I was better at <laughs> About, like being like pushing people to, to the right thing with like, without much force. Um, and so she was always kind of trying to push me in that direction. But you know, as a, when you get to be a teenager, you get a car and you're dating a girl or two in high school and like you go out to dinners and you know, you can, you got your own money, you can spend it on all the kind of food you want. Uh, you go off to college and you're, you're smashing a case of beer a night and you're, you're eating at the cafeteria, all you can eat. Like you're out of mom's eye. Like, you know, then it's kind of just on, on you. And I mean, clearly I didn't take the, take the personal responsibility. So, um, but, but people help, people can definitely help and like give you positive encouragement. Um, but with weight loss, it's, it is so, I think, like you've got to make that decision. Like no, you've got to want it. Nobody can really, at least in my opinion, like nobody can really make you want to to make those changes because they are so freaking difficult. Um, with depression and, and mental health and stuff like that, you know, this is a, a as sad as this week has been with a lot of the like celebrity. Uh, a couple of celebrity suicides that we've seen and, and um, even CNN ironically this week like put out a, a post that I, I quote tweeted about like the amount of suicides are up and all that sort of stuff like just it's been like a, a conversation point on Twitter recently and I will say like you know obviously you never want to see these things happen but one constructive thing that I've seen people talk about that that we don't always discuss with this space is you know everybody and even 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 me like my first reaction when I see those sort of things is always to post something like please reach out like please seek help because you're worth it and all that sort of stuff and those are good points to make but a lot of people I think have responded with something that's another important point is like hey if you see somebody that you think needs help say something to them because the bitch about depression and mental health. And I remember being in this space. So it's, 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 uh, it, it, I can confirm it's an important thing to think is like when you're in that space, you don't want to, you don't want to burden anybody because you are, bur you are, you are yourself such a burden to yourself, uh, every single day that you feel like if you approach somebody with your problems, they're going to look at you and be like, so what man? Like, okay, everybody else has got other problems. Like, you know, get back to, you know, get back in line and keep going through your life. Like it's not that bad, like toughen up or whatever. You just think you think you're going to, you think the worst of, of yourself. So you think people are going to react the worst to you. And it's just part of the, part of what goes on in your brain is you just, you're, you're, you don't want to seek help. You sometimes you just can't seek that help. So it, in that scenario, it is definitely on, um, all of us to look out for each other. Um, you know, you got to make, a, I made the choice eventually to, after a lot of conversations with my parents to, to go to see a therapist, um, and put myself into that. But, uh, it is definitely, you know, it's, it's not always, it doesn't always work that way as, as we see, unfortunately, sometimes it, it goes on, un, on, un, unheard. Well, and I, I think talking to people about it too, is a, a good reason to do that. And it's something my wife would say about me is like, sometimes you don't recognize it in yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you don't, you don't see it building either. Um, and in the moment, like, you know, there's definitely, I can think back to like those really awful nights, you know, I'm racing myself to the bottom of a bottle or, you know, whatever, like in the moment, you know, you don't, you don't realize like how destructive you're being, um, until somebody like, until somebody sees it. 
Um, and you hide and, it as, as, as best as you can. Yeah. Yeah. You hide it. Um, and then how, like how awful that makes you feel when somebody sees it. Like I can remember a time when, um, you know, like I said, I was working like nights and evenings and, and in the thick of all of my feeling like this way, um, you know, my, my grandmother died, my second, or was, was go, it was, you know, she was going to die, uh, you know, it's like two days to live or whatever. Um, and I remember getting off work at like, you know, 1am or whatever and like feeling so terrible. And like the only person I could call was this girl that had just broken up with me. Uh, and you know, I just called her, I said, Hey, can you just come over? Like, I really just don't want to be by myself. Like, and, but like she beat me back to my apartment and in my head, I'm like, damn it. I haven't cleaned that place up. Like it's going to look like hell, you know, bottles, you know, the all, all over the place. And like having somebody else see that is like really embarrassing. And, um, you know, it makes you, re- and that like makes you realize like, Oh my God, what I'm doing is not, yeah, I'm in a bad, like I'm in a bad spot. Um, but you don't know, you're right. You don't always see it in yourself in the moment. And, and what I'll say for me, um, so, and we talked about it before the show, but when my, when my brother passed, um, it affected me. I mean, obviously it affected me in profound ways, but like even deeper than I'd even known, like, or even thought about. And maybe a year after, probably a year after my wife kind of pulled me aside and said, listen, I don't know if you need to see help. I don't know what you need, but you're not the same person. And your daughter sees it and I see it, you know, you're checked out and you know, you don't, you're not as happy as you used to be. And the, the thing is, is man, I'm stubborn and we're still, we're like, (laughs) we're like, we're four years past that. And I haven't actually gone and seen anybody. Um, but what my wife said recently is, I don't know what you've worked out, but you seem to be doing a good bit better. Um, and I, so the weight loss thing, uh, George says it's him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking credit for this. I've known him for four years and he said it has been four years and he seems to be doing better. I'm stealing all the credit on this one. Um, well, I mean, you just look at, look at the trends, trends match up there. Uh, Uh, no, but so, uh, and you know, part of that is I'm finding a little bit better work-life balance Part of that is, you know, my son's at a, uh, my son's at this amazing, you know, five-year-old age where he wants to wrestle and, and, you know, just like, um, and I relate to him a lot more than I do my daughter, which sounds bad as a parent, like, you know, you, but my daughter truly is a girly girl and I, (laughs) you know, I've never been that. So, um, it's hard and, and she's interested in things that. I, you know, like you said, with, with meetings at work, like you're like, sometimes it's just really hard to be interested in fairies and, you know, so as much as I try, my wife thinks that because my, my son's into cars and trains and, you know, rough housing and she thinks she's like crediting him with, with pulling me out of some of my funk, but Um, but that's what I mean when I said, like, you don't see it in yourself sometimes. Like I, yeah, I didn't feel, I, I I felt morose, but it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was outwardly different. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just, you can't see that in yourself and it takes somebody pulling you aside and saying, listen, you're, you're not internalizing something that happened and 
what's going on here, we all can see it. So, so let's, yeah. let's work on this. That's a, such a good point. And it's just, it's just goes back to the idea that we really got to take care of each other. Um, because you know, the, life's it's corny, but like, this is all we have. This life is all we have with each other. Uh, and you know, we gotta, gotta try to make it, uh, as good as, as possible. And, and, and looking out for each other is so crucial because it just, you're, you're so easy to like, let yourself off the hook. I think like, um, we, we, even when you hate yourself in a way, like when you're depressed or whatever, like you, you still like want to think that you, you still want to like have some sort of ego about yourself and like, be, you know, be able, I don't know, maybe that's not the right word, but like, you're definitely willing to like write things off and like let yourself off the hook. Like that's not that, you know, okay, that's not that bad. Like, yeah, I, I definitely did that. That was, that was dark. That was some dark shit I just did to myself, but like, it's not that bad, you know, but, uh, so yeah, you, you've got to, that's, that's why it's so crucial. And I, I was so happy to see that conversation kind of happening on happening a little bit with some people tweeting with me, or, or I saw some people tweeting about it separately, you know, that it is so important to, um, to take that responsibility on each other to, to look out for our brothers and sisters that are, that are struggling. Um, that, that I do think is important beyond just like saying, you know, the very, which, the very true, but very standard, like, please reach out, please talk to, please like go talk to somebody. You got to remember that in those points, like the person might not realize they need to talk to somebody. And even if they do, their odds are they are not going to want to. Right. Reaching out is the last thing they don't want. They're a lot of times people's worlds are dark enough without bringing somebody into it. Yeah. And bringing them down as well. Um, Ooh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. That was heavy. <laughs> that, that, that was that was real heavy. <laughs> you know, I, so let's. I'm gonna switch to a couple of the lighter questions uh, on our list, and we'll get back into the weight loss as well. Uh, sure. Oof. Anyway, so good. Good stuff, though. I mean, this it, is this is really great stuff, and it's great stuff to even just talk about and have people listen to. I mean, it's important yeah, stuff. I mean, it's it is. It, it's very therapeutic to just like talk about these things. And, 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 you know, I, I think the, the best part about us talking about this guys and, you know, especially for like, for me, like we're all here talking about it. Like we're all, we're all making it work, you know, like I've, you know, I can't say enough. Like my life is so objectively better now that, that all that happened to me and I'm, I made it out and I decided to choose to survive and and to 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 push forward and to to reclaim my life and you know now my life isn't just you know which is you know everybody is a gr- everybody's great um but now i get to be this person every day like my life is bullshitting about sports for a living like give me a break like <laughs> none of this would, none of this would be possible i wouldn't be living out here in la i wouldn't have the dog i have i wouldn't have any of that stuff without without this so um there is a message of hope in all this. Like it's not just us wallowing. There's a, there's a clear message of, uh, of hope and, and, uh, a light at the, you know, the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. So, uh, one of the lighter questions I wanted to ask, and I think everybody's got one who, who has weight problems. So I'm going to skip down to the bottom to try and lighten it up a little bit. Um, so do you have a worst fat moment? And I'll give you an example. I'll give you mine. Um, <laughs> So I went to SeaWorld with my daughter and my niece and my wife. And my daughter was a little bit too small to ride 
uh, one of the bigger coasters, the the Manta. And so I told I told my wife, who was scared to death of it, that I would take my niece on it. And we went to the Manta ride. We waited in line 25 minutes. My niece got buckled in, and they went to put this uh, shoulder harness thing over me. And try as they might, they couldn't squeeze it tight enough to buckle it over me. Oh, yeah. And now, yeah. now if it was just my daughter, like, my daughter would have been, like... You know, she was young and she would have, you know, she loves her dad and whatever, but it was my niece, you know, and, and I'm, she's got this look of embarrassment and I've got this feeling of shame. And, uh, so that was my, that's my worst fat moment. Do you, do you have one of those? Yeah. I'm, I mean, nothing like one particular moment, like really jumps out. Um, uh, there's, I mean, definitely like, you know, broke a few chairs in my day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that. Um, oh, you know what? You know what? It was one like, um, you know, my heaviest point was my like junior year of of, co- of college. Because um, you know, when you when you combine um, when you combine like a serious issue with food, a serious lack of it, a lack of motivation to work out, and a lot of college party lifestyle, <laughs> not a good not a good combination. Uh, and uh, like that junior year, there was definitely a moment where like like the I came to class like late one day and like the only desk that was available was like the smallest one oh, and I'm like oh no and I'm like I don't even and like having to squeeze into that that was probably like my moment where I'm like I'm already like there's like a, a tension on me because I'm late and now like if people are looking at me squeeze into this desk right now like I'm gonna die <laughs> inside a little bit it's like the old so, yeah. it's like the old Chris Farley fat guy in a little coat kind of <laughs> yeah yeah right um Definitely. Yeah. So that, that's probably like that. If there's one that stands out, that's one, but they're definitely like just a long combination of a bunch of stuff. So we all know, well, I say we all know because you know, we've all been big. Uh, it's difficult to find clothing that fits proper and, and, and that you actually like when you go to a store, when you're bigger, unless you're going to a big and tall store. If you're just going to like your local Ross, TJ Maxx, or if you're going to the mall and, and you're getting something in there, it's hard to find something that you like that's going to fit comfortably that doesn't just make you look bad. Do you have a, there's like some stores, there's like some stores you just can't go. Like nothing is going to fit you in there. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, like when I was, go go ahead. No, no, I was just going to ask what the, did you have like a worst outfit or something like that? But no, please go ahead. Oh, well, I mean, worst outfit. Like that's a, I probably still have like 30 worst outfits. <laughs> well, I, f- I, f- I found dressing up. So like actually having to tuck your shirt into your, into your pants and then wear a tie. And like, there's nothing there hiding exactly how big yeah. you are. You, you know what? I, I, um, I thought like I looked terrible, like in, uh, in like t-shirts or anything like that. Um, because it's just, it feels like oh, everything is just hugging. Everything is hugging in here right now, you know. Um, like, so I would wear a lot. I would always wear, almost always wear, like, an untucked. Like, but you're right. When you tuck something in, like, there, there ain't nothing hiding anything there, you know. And, like, I definitely would. But, like, when I would, um, when I would, like, wear, I would just wear, like, a lot of untucked, like, button-up shirts. Uh, but never, like, a polo or a T-shirt or anything like that. Because I just felt like, for whatever reason, like, that really hugged around the waist. And uh, nothing nothing hiding there. Um 
was never into like wearing shorts or anything because uh, you know just again felt like more out more out there never good um but like i was a big you know anybody that was um like a teenager or preteen in like my time was totally into like um like paxon or like later on like h&m um and like yeah when you're when you're as heavy as i was they don't make anything for uh i remember with paxon it was really early in my life like um, Pacific Sunwear, I think, is the the full name of the store. Right. But it's, yeah. it's like in it's like in all your stupid malls. But um, I remember, I think, I got into probably like early high school, and like I started going in there. I'm like, huh, they don't have an ex- any extra large sizes in here, do they? That's weird. Or like double X, they definitely don't have any double X. Like, what am I gonna do now? You know. So that was that was one of the like, oh, well, I guess I'm shopping at Kohl's. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that that was like something I remember. Um, and like on the flip side to stay positive here, like, uh, now that I'm thin, um, I'm, I like definitely have become obsessed with like nicer clothes and like, okay, like this looks good on me. Like, hell yeah. Let's, let's wear the, like, Oh, I'm saving my good shirts for these good occasions. You know, like, well, today's Thursday. Nobody's going to see me important on Thursday. I'll wear these unimportant things, but like, Friday and Saturday, yeah. Let's save the good. Let's save the good stuff. So that becomes like a fun thing when you lose that weight. Is like you like reclaim um, your like desire to want to actually like look good. Do you uh, do you find you say okay? I'm not going to see anybody important today. So you dress down a bit, and then of course you forgot a meeting or you get thrown into a you meeting. You get thrown into a meeting, and then now all of a sudden, man, I wish I would have dressed up again. Well, fellas, I always think I look good. So. Uh, <laughs> No, but there's definitely th- no. I mean, because I'm just purely like purely for like vanity reasons. There are definitely times where like you know, like I get caught like from after work. It's like, all right, let's all go out to like happy hour. I'm like, damn, wish I was wearing a better looking shirt right now than this. Right. So yeah, that, definitely that that that'll happen. So so for a while you were on a uh, I guess, and I I I got to follow you and and get to know you a little bit more after the whole Brussels sprout. Uh, stuff well, lucky for you lucky but, for you but can you a explain that for me the the whole thing and then can you give me your best brussels sprout dish okay so the way that all happened was you know i've become very known for like my well my opinions on everything but um especially like with with putting out that weight loss piece you know people will definitely ask about like about this sort of stuff but the, people also know um, I have some just real bad food opinions. So like people will just ask me these questions about like, what do you think of this or what do you think of that? And I think it was what started it that night was someone asked me just randomly, uh, you know, uh, what do you think of dipping your ranch or dipping pizza in ranch? And I like a, like a good uh, patron of the Internet. I quote tweeted it and gave my opinion and that got people responding back. And so, and I remember saying to Alex Gellhart when we lived together at the time, I was like, Hey, I'm on a roll in here, man. Like I got to get on my real laptop. Like this has gone beyond the phone. I, Cause I just tweeted like everybody can <laughs> ask me any food opinion they want right now for the next 30 minutes and I will answer it. Like, so I pull up my laptop, crack a beer, let's go let's talk. And I think at some point somebody asked something about Brussels sprouts. And like, I just sent off a list, fired off a few tweets about, uh, about how good they were and like, you know, got a lot of response off that. And from, I don't really know where it went from there. Um, but I was like, you know what? People need to start, like people should respect sprouts. Like, I don't know where they got this bad rap. Like growing up as a kid, it was like that food that everybody just said, like, Oh, gross Brussels sprouts. Like, 
But I'm like, nah, man, like they're on the up and coming. They're on the come up. Like can't go out to a place in Los Angeles here and not see their like froofy uh, Brussels sprouts appetizer or whatever. It just, you know, you come on people get with the times. Like it's, it's good. Uh, so I don't know why, but I just like started posting about it, like putting pictures up there. And then like people were tweeting me like pictures of their Brussels sprouts. Like, and my promise was I would retweet every single one. And that is eventually what led me, <laughs> that is eventually what led me to uh, ultimately post the press con. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it or anybody listening hasn't seen it. It's the dumbest thing I've ever done. I actually put out a video retiring from the Brussels sprouts bit, um, like a fake press conference. By um, <laughs> far the, the dumbest thing that I've ever done. Um, it just was a reminder of like, my God, this is what I, this is like my, job is being this stupid person basically <laughs> so, you know, so i have this in my wife my wife calls it like the seven degrees um so like when i hear something all of a sudden my mind goes to something else which shoots it in another direction and then another direction and so i was i was listening to you talk about your brussels sprout story at you know where you had to switch from your phone to your computer and then you know cracking a beer and doing it and i'm thinking do you ever see the movie the social network Yes. So with yeah, Mark yeah. Zuckerberg, and that's how he created Facebook. So there's there's two comments that could be made there. One, instead of creating Facebook, you you're just the king of Brussels sprouts. Or two, you're the Mark Zuckerberg of Bru- Mark Zuckerberg of Brussels sprouts. Yeah, one of our ventures was a lot more lucrative than the other. Uh, <laughs> Slightly. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen. But I've never, hey, I've never had to testify in front of Congress. So, <laughs> uh, listen, he only invented Facebook. You're on NFL.com. <laughs> good point. That's a good point. Um, yeah. It, so I, I don't know, like, where that all, but it just so eventually I had to be like, I can't, like, can't have people tweeting me like three pictures of Brussels sprouts a day. Like, I gotta stop. Um, you know, and and the good, like, I think I tell people like. The best part of a good bit is knowing when to kill it. And it was time to kill that. Like, I couldn't still be here, like, a year and a half later, like, still do it, like, retweeting Brussels sprout pictures. Um, and it's funny, too, because people will get, like, legit mad, which is, my, of course, like, just makes it more fun for me. Like, why? I never follow you for Brussels sprout pictures. Well, here you are now. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, a- I think I, so, so my favorite Brussels sprouts dish. Um, he's he's coming I, out of retirement just for us. <laughs> no, I won't, I, won't, I won't like say like a specific dish because I think the cool part about sprouts is you can do so much with them. Like if you want to flavor it as like a spicy Cajun flavor, you could do that. If you want to um, do like a more olive oil and like garlic and um, like balsamic vinegar, which is the very traditional way to do it. If you're getting Brussels sprouts, like at a restaurant that's probably going to be prepared that way. I would say though, like the secret to getting them, um, perfectly cooked is get yourself a pan that you can saute on the stove and then like roast in the oven for another like five to eight minutes. And I think that really gives you the good char, uh, but doesn't burn, but then also like gets them to the right, like soft consistency. Cause that's the thing. You don't want them to be too mushy and gross. Like if you boil them, you're a, you're a monster. Um, I, I don't want to share my recipe now because it involves boiling them. <laughs> Well, no. Look, okay, the word monster. I was that was judgmental of me. Matt Harmon just called my wife a monster. That is awesome. No, I'm sorry to your wife. I'm sure I, she's. I, I'm, I'm. Listen, she's she is, married to me. You, she, you have no reason to be sorry to her. She, she's a lovely woman. Uh, no, so I was gonna say, listen, you can prepare them any way you want. You can broil them. You can throw them in the oven. You can toss them in the trash where they belong. It's just and get a good real vegetable. How, how dare you? Um, 
Where are you guys? Where are you guys from? Florida. Where, where you yeah, we're both Florida? in Florida. Yeah. Okay, so not quite this region, but you know, I'm from Virginia. My mom's from Baltimore. Um, went like went to my college. My college roommate was uh, he's from Delaware, like the 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 shore there uh, in like Rehoboth Beach sort of area. So like that big that area of the country very big on like Old Bay. Um, you really want to take your life to a new. It's like a seasoning. It's a spice, like on crabs and everything like that. Like yeah, yeah. We we uh, yeah. It's it's big here too. Yep. Oh, nice. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Like so. That uh, that is that's a good way to like to make your life a little bit a little bit of make your life a little better. A little bit of garlic uh, powder uh, and uh, old bay seasoning on your on your sprouts. That'll that'll take your life to a new level. So I think I think you're so I I like avocado the way you like Brussels sprouts. I think because oh come on come on man it's 2018 who doesn't like avocado now like so oh george is raising his hand but yes yeah, see he is oh george he, he is a monster he is a monster i'm, I'm a george, monster okay i would i withdraw my original statement about the boiling the brussels sprouts and if you don't like avocado you're a monster so that <laughs> and i mean that one i'm not gonna take back i take back the original comment but i i mean that one so, I, I will accept that so you were talking about old bay have you tried uh from trader joe everything but the bagel Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I had a fling with I, when I was I had like a thing with a girl a little while ago that got me hooked on that seasoning. Yeah, that's a that is a an outrageously good um, addition to anything. I, it, just on like I will cut an avocado, I will take half of it out, and and you know I got one of those avocado where you where you just one fluid motion and it slices it for you, and uh, and then just put everything but the bagel on there and that is just the perfect i don't i don't know if i call it a snack or sometimes it's lunch but whatever it is it's perfect yeah that sounds awesome no that's a smart way of doing that that seasoning will uh will get anything going right for you um so one thing no come on with the avocado (laughs) (laughs) matt you need to let it go okay we gotta move on Uh, you know what? I, I'm a very picky eater. I, I, I'm open about this. I'm extremely picky. If you think that's bad, would you believe I went almost 15 years without eating steak? All right, yeah, we better move. We better. Move. <laughs> so here, and because that's that, that uh, happened. Honestly, I don't know how much time we have left, but I would literally just sit here for the rest of the time quiet, so you can berate him about his eating <laughs> Like I will yield the floor for the rest of the show. Just so you can do that. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be mean to somebody when they invite me into their podcast house. So uh, I'm gonna just let's just keep moving. <laughs> so I'm gonna go. I'm tonight. I'm gonna like go out and I'm gonna order like a steak, medium rare, and uh, throw slap some avocado on it just for George. Awesome. Awesome. Dude, take a picture. Of the, tweet, you know, tweet, tweet us. Tweet, tweet us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, before we started our before we started our weight loss uh, journey, we used to do something on the show. We called it the Fat Guy Food Tip, and what we do is we'd come up with something weekly that made what we considered food better. You know, it was the way to get more food or make make different food taste better. And it wasn't on. It's not healthy. Like so. We'll yeah, get, we'll get that. So, like, one of them was uh, go when you drive through McDonald's, you can ask any sandwich with the round egg instead of the the powdered eggs. So, you know, you get the egg from the egg McMuffin instead of the the yellow fake powdered egg. Or 
uh, you know, things are so disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. They were nasty. Or like Chipotle. One of the ones. One of the ones I shared was with Chipotle. Like, and and this is truly if you're you're really trying not to to be healthy. So if you ask for double meat before yep. they start, they only give you two half scoops. But if you wait until after they give you the first full scoop and go, oh, I'll take double meat, then you know, one, you've already seen how much meat a full scoop is, and they can't jip you. But two. You know, they can't, they, they aren't just doing it quick. They're giving you a full scoop. So, like, do you have a not healthy Matt Harmon fat guy food tip? And now it's time for a fat guy food tip with George and Jason. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's more like a, like a life hack type of thing, but everybody should honestly try, like, when they go to the movie theater, put M&Ms in your popcorn. Is that, is that, a, is that, does that count? Because, no, that counts. Because that, that is, I, to this day, like I go to movie theaters and I get popcorn and M&Ms, even though I'm on like my healthy lifestyle now. Like that is the thing I do. But I don't go to movies all that often. But when I do, it's unbelievably good because uh, you get that the butter, the salt, the chocolate all at once. And regular M&Ms get that peanut shit out of my life. Like, um, <laughs> can, can we go? With, can we go with the peanut butter M&Ms? Um, well, you know my stance on peanut butter, right? No, I don't. Uh. It's not a it's not a perfect relationship. Let's just put it that way. Well, so, I don't I really, I don't like peanut butter really. Um, I, so I, I'll go back to your fat guy food tip, and then we can talk about peanut butter real quick. Um, uh, snow caps. That that works, but I think but the thing with the good part about the M and M's is they don't melt like into everything. Okay. Because the chocolate is covered um, by that, you know. Turtle, turtle shell thing they put them in. I don't know what. <laughs> the, the flavor, the candy flavored coating. Yeah, right. The 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 cocaine that they uh, put around the uh, put around the chocolate there. Yeah. Um, so that it, I think it keeps it from like really becoming a total mess. Um, but no, if you want to do that, that'll probably achieve the same um, achieve the same goal, which is you know Cho- chocolate, chocolate buttery goodness. Yeah, chocolate buttery salted uh, death spiral. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is part of the the show where Jason yields to me because Ugh. I have twenty questions here. Jason has not seen them, and we did not send them to you. They're literally they're just the most random questions ever compiled anywhere. We'll go through them kind of quick. A lot of them really don't need any elaboration whatsoever. Um, okay. The first one is Die Hard a Christmas movie. Yes. Oh. Thank you. What burns? Let me whole- just tell you, you're, you're, you're on a, the wrong side of history. You're a monster. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I take it back. You're a monster. <laughs> well, that's so, fair. So, so, so I agree with you. It is a Christmas movie. Jason does not, of course, as I've been saying forever. Jason is wrong. Um, I think. I think Justin was on the right side with me. No, he was wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh, what burns holes in your pockets? My keys. Okay. I'll elaborate on the one. So no. So like if you're out and about, is there something that you see that every time you see it, you just have to have it? Oh, oh, um, you know, I can't go to a restaurant now and not drink beer. So why don't we just say beer? Perfect. Um, I mean, it literally burns a hole in my wallet, which is in my pocket. So same thing. Um, is anyone dead to you, whether they apologize or not? No. Okay. Have you ever lost complete recollection of the day before? I have a feeling that one is yes. <laughs> see, see, answer the question too. <laughs> <laughs> what's the 
What are your thoughts on IHOP changing its name to IHOB? Oh, I tweeted about this. I quote tweeted their tweet and I said, um, International House of Better Have Gone to Waffle House anyway. So, yeah. For <laughs> <you>. <laughs> I think they're going with International House of Breakfast, but I'm not. I'm not sure they haven't officially said. Like, what is that for? I mean, I we know you have breakfast there, but like, but you've got pancakes. That's what you're known for. Why are you shying away from this? Just embrace your pancake. Inter- international. It's inclusive. It doesn't want to hurt all the rest of the breakfast. breakfast. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you know, uh, international House of Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like IHOP anyway. So okay. First. The next few, um, because we, we have you on and you work for the NFL Network, so we figured we're obligated to ask you a couple of fantasy football questions, so I have some keep trade cuts for you. Oh, no. I will I will uh, acquiesce to this request. Keep trade cut. Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams. Um, keep Keenan Allen, cut Amari Cooper, trade Devontae Adams. But those are two, that's a close one. Yeah, they're all close. By the way, they're 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 all super close. Oh, so no layups, cool. No, Great. no, uh, no layups. Uh, keep keep Trey Cut, Odell Beckham Jr., DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas. Ooh, that's a good. That's a great one. Um, I'm gonna say trade DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, just for the fact that you know he led the league in touchdowns last year, um, that is probably not going to happen again. Uh, you can get peak value for him, especially people are all up on Watson coming back. So trade him. Um, keep Odell Beckham and cut Michael Thomas. I love Michael Thomas, though. <laughs> I know you uh, do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but you got to keep Odell, man. I mean, total game changer. Offense should be better this year. Uh, I guess that's the way we got to go. Keep Trey cut. Stefan Diggs, Allen Robinson, Corey Davis. <laughs> this is really unfair. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to cut Corey Davis, and that's the easy one out of this equation. Um, although people are definitely really high on him coming into this year, uh, so maybe maybe you could get something in a trade. But I'm going to trade Stefan Diggs, and I'm going to keep Allen Robinson. I really – I believe – I mean, everybody that follows me knows I love both of those players, Diggs and Robinson. But um, I really think Robinson's in line for a big year and a progressive up-tempo offense. Okay. Now, the next two I don't think anybody's ever asked you. Keep trade cut. Justin Tucker, Greg Zerline, Steven Gotkowski. Um, keep uh, Tucker – uh, trade, um, what's it? What? what uh, well, I'm cutting the Pats guy because forget about it. I don't want. I don't need that associated with my life. <laughs> As a Dolphin fan, I thank you. Yeah, it's my. It's a good audience for that. Yes. All right. So you're gonna. So you're keeping Tucker. So you're gonna trade Zerline. I do like yeah, that he they're... couldn't remember the kickers' names. <laughs> I lost him. Listen, listen. One. I don't think anybody's ever asked him about kickers. Okay. <laughs> no. Here, no, here. I'm definitely people have, and I'm like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> there's no market for kickers, okay? Let's just there's no market for this. Uh here's the last keep trade cut. Keep trade cut, Adam Rank, Marcus Grant, Michael Fabiano. <laughs> uh I'm gonna keep Adam Rank. 
And I'm going to trade Marcus Grant. Marcus is one of my closest best friends in the world um, out here, especially in Los Angeles. But I'm going to trade him because, listen, his value is hot right now. He's on the up and coming. You're get, you're selling him at peak value. People want a piece of Marcus Grant. So I'm going to get a lot in return uh, for a trade with him, and I'm going to cut Fabiano. That's what, fantastic. What do, you, what do you think you could get for Marcus Grant right now? Oh, you're getting two first-round picks. Like, <laughs> you, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, I'm his value is on the rise. People are buying into that Marcus Grant stock. Behind the scenes, he is they're you know wheeling and dealing for for Marcus Grant. So I'm I'm telling you, you're getting two first-round picks. Like if you're a rebuilding team, shoot, even if you're a contending team, like cash in on that Marcus Grant stock. <laughs> I have to get Marcus Grant on just so I could tell him that you cut him or that you traded, traded him. him. <laughs> but it was in a complimentary way. I mean, look, absolutely. Adam, that was the best. Frank is, Frank is great, um, but he's kind of that steady veteran presence. Like I know what I'm getting from Rank. Um, you know, to, he, you, you know, know tomorrow, just... tomorrow headlines, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Harmon thinks Marcus Grant's over or uh, overvalued. <laughs> trade his stock. <laughs> It's not that he's overvalued. I think he's probably valued, but he just you got to sometimes know when to cash in. And again, if I'm keeping rank, I just I think I'm getting more in a trade for Marcus than I am for rank. That's, okay, that's the bottom. That's the bottom line. That's so fair. honestly, that's it's, fair. The way, it's the way the market feels about them, not me. I love. It. <laughs> Is there anyone you work with that scares you? No. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? <laughs> Depends <laughs> on who you ask. <laughs> well, well uh, uh, wait. Uh, going back to the last question, is there anybody that works with you that's scared of you? People have said that they are um, that they think like depend. You know, because sometimes people, you know, you get insulated in like your little group that people will say that like I, you know, you're. You're like intimidating and like it's hard to break into your little click. And I'm like, that's dumb. I'm not intimidating. Give me a break. But that's probably it. Um, well, and, you know, coming back to like, am I scared of anybody? Like, I mean, there's a lot of f- former football players around the NFL network, like plenty of guys kick my ass left and right. So, but, you know, I'm not scared. Of, I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm going to spread the rumors. You're scared of Marcus Grant. That's why you traded him. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> uh, here's a good one. I think so. Why do writers put their pens down and walk away? Um, story's over. You know, uh, <laughs> there's nothing left to say. I mean, but because in a in a metaphorical sense, you're never really done uh, writing. Uh, you know, you can always write more. There's always more to say. Uh, so if you put your pen down and you walk away, you must have um, you must have run out of desire, like the desire to tell the rest of the story. What is the best or worst thing about being a hipster? Uh, everything. Well, so now that franchise is gone and, you know, things are changing, that bit is officially dead. Uh, so let's say the worst part of being a hipster uh, in the past sense um, was trying to make an IPA joke or a cold brew coffee joke funny the 30th time. <laughs> <laughs> that was the hardest part. Yes. Yeah. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Honestly, okay, so I'm pretty progressive about this and like, you know what? If you want to put it on there, that's fine. That's you do you. I will probably never choose to put it on there, but if I'm served 
you know, if like for whatever reason I go to some weird pizza party and all they have is like ham and pineapple, I'm gonna eat the pizza. Like I'll still eat it. I'm not gonna like pick it off either, but I will never like actively seek it out. That that is a very hipster thing to say. <laughs> yeah, I'll accept that. Oh. Would would you go to a restaurant where people are allowed to smoke indoors? How good's the food? Does that, it does that, it does it matter? Does it matter for you? Uh, best you've ever had? Yeah, I probably would go. I'm it, probably. Would go. It is a culture shock. Uh, we passed like Florida passed that law uh, pretty early, especially for a state like Florida. Uh, probably because of tourists, where you couldn't smoke inside restaurants. And when you go to states where it's allowed, it's a really big culture shock. Yep. To actually, yeah, you know, and and what I always found when I was a kid, what I always found was was awful was the non-smoking sections of the restaurant were in the back, and the smoking sections were in the front, so you'd have to walk through the smoke to get to the non-smoking sections. It just it didn't it never made sense to me. And it's like one of I think about the ways like society has changed so quickly, um, in in many ways, and like so, most of most for good, um, some you know, like technology wise is the one that I'm like, I don't know about that. Um, but like that, you know, being more accepting of, um, certain things is good, but like the, like ostracizing of smoking uh, is, is like a kind of a big change from like, I mean, when I was a kid, yeah, like we were, it was always like, they'd ask you like smoking or not. And now it's just like completely changed. Um, it's kind of, you're right. It's kind of wild. Um, and man, it makes me like, I remember like talking to my mom about this, like, you know, when I was growing up, like you could smoke on airplanes. And like, to me, I'm like, what? Smoking on an airplane? <laughs> Whoever thought that was a good idea? <laughs> yeah, if, if, if you look, you used to be able to smoke on airplanes, drink, get up, walk around. I mean, it was like a, an, a bar in the sky. Well, you watch, you yeah. watch, but you watch. Like, like a nightclub, like a freaking nightclub up there. Well, give me a break. But you watch old movies and there's like doctors and nurses smoking in the hospital, like next to oxygen machines. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. Right. Like. Hey, I'm gonna deliver your baby for you, but uh, you want to you want to hit you want to you want to <laughs> bum a cig real quick. I did, and I remember and and I'm not exactly sure how old are you. I remember the shopping carts with the ashtrays in them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That might have been when I was pretty young, so or maybe before I was born. But yeah, no, it, it's crazy um, how that changed. There was like a bar in uh, the town where I went to college in that I think held out a let's just say a little longer than everybody else on the no smoking thing. And you're right. Like coming out of there, it's like, damn, can't go to big bars called big licks, which I think it just gives you enough of a picture of what kind of place it was. Um, you couldn't like go to, you couldn't like go to big licks and then like, you got to like go home and change before you like go out to a party or something. Cause you just reek like um, it's, it's bad. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that they, they passed the laws down here. You can't smoke indoors. It's terrible. Yeah, me too. All right, next one. Tacos are better with corn tortillas versus flour tortillas. Yes, yes. I am. I like corn tortillas better. It's and a, that's like a new thing since moving out to California that I've become more of a corn tortilla guy. I was going to say, it's a very, that's a very California kind of thing. Yep. Oh, yeah. Total California West Coast elitist. Sorry. <laughs> What's the worst Christmas gift you've ever received? You know, I don't... I don't know. Um, okay, no, you know what? I will. I, my a couple of years ago, I got a home brewing kit from my older sister and my dad, like the same exact thing. And 
they and honestly, what a terrible gift because that was like a freaking commitment. That's like, <laughs> like you got me like a science fair project, like for because and it wasn't you know it wasn't like a good home brewing kit. Like people that are legit home brewers that like brew like real good ass beer. Like this was like, what am I gonna do? Like I'm not gonna do this. It was just yeah, that was a bad gift. So, and I know like good good on them for trying like. I got some nice free glasses out of it because it came with the kit. So there was that. So let me ask you this. If you were shopping for Toys for Tots, hypothetically, and you're you're searching through the Target, you know, you're looking for stuff, and you come across a model engine that you can put together yourself. It works. It actually works. And it actually works. Would that be considered a good gift to give to to somebody or a bad gift? I don't see why would it be a bad gift. Right, right. Thank oh, you. Who? No You're kid. With me. No kid wants that for Christmas. I guess that's fair, um, but some kid might like if they're real into kind of solving things. Well, you know, listen. Dork, my idea was, and we we did some shopping for Toys for Tots last year. My idea was, uh, we were going to. I was going to get this for some kid, and it was going to spark his interest in automotives. And he'd become a mechanic. You know what I mean? Like he'd 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 pick up a trade. Or some kid would look at him and be like, "Who the fuck gave me this?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a couple questions left here. We'll go ahead and wrap it up. What's the dog doing right now? Staring at the door, um, <laughs> like a little menacingly, or not? Or maybe just like something has his attention. It's like, and he's he's let out a couple little like. Earth, like little hesitant barks. So um, I don't know. So he's, got, he's focused on something right now. You want to stay on the line just in case? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please do. We can call for help if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because let me tell you, he's not going to be much help. Uh, I don't. I don't believe he is going to be much help yeah. if something happens. So he's looking at me like real weird right now. Now that I was just talking about it, I'm like, what the hell, bro? Don't throw me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a manly dog. So we got two, one, one question left, uh, and then we have a bonus question for you. Um, what belongs in a good man cave? A cooler, TV, uh, a comfortable uh, recliner, so that you know that one person sits in it, and it's not a group function, um, and a good lock on the door. Yes. Here is the bonus question. What do you think of Corey? Oh, Corey, give me a break. Fuck that guy. Uh, totally unsolicited uh yes that was and those were the quick 20 questions like i said they were you know (laughs) just the most random questions i could come up with that i could ask yeah quick i think those are some good questions it 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 sparks conversation It, it makes you think on your feet and Get some good, good, funny answers on it. I like doing it. Jason hates it. No, no. So uh, what I like is the questions and the responses. What I don't like is the name you tried to come up with for the segment, <laughs> and we're still trying to name it. So, uh, but yeah, that, I do like the questions because it always there's always something funny that comes out of it. We had somebody last week want to sell his soul for Cadbury eggs. Yes. Oh. Yeah. What, what, one of the questions what a- I asked was, "What would what would you sell your soul for?" And his response was Cadbury eggs. Aim higher. (laughs) (laughs) I told him, I feel like I could sell my soul for a whole lot of money and then buy some Cadbury eggs and then get his soul 
And then at least I'd still have one and a whole bunch of money. Like I'm thinking Cadbury eggs. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, Matt, it was it was really great to have you on. I really appreciated getting deep into the conversation with you about uh, your weight loss journey, about depression, um, and then the nonsense, whatever that, whatever George wants to call that nonsense <laughs> that we we just had on. But while we have you on, um, do you want to plug yourself? Yeah, no. I mean, for one, thank you guys so much for um, for having me on. It's cool to be on a podcast and talk about things that I think actually matter, as opposed to like. Um, what sleepers do you like this year? <laughs> uh, I, I can't imagine know, how many times you get asked that question. Right, right. Like these are um, these are these are important topics that you know I feel I want to talk more about because I feel like you know the world has been so good to me and um, I've been so blessed to to be able to do the things that I do that um, I feel indebted to give back in some way and I think telling the story and hopefully encouraging others to to seek whatever it is that they need to improve their lives. Um, I hope that people learn, learn that from my story, that if the person that I could do it, did it, then, you know, you can absolutely get out of that place too. So thank you guys so much for giving me the opportunity to do that. Um, and you know, on the other hand, if you are interested in who I think is going to be good at football this year, um, <laughs> I would love it if your listeners would head over to receptionperception.com. There's a link there to purchase, um, the ultimate uh, draft kit, uh, which is the, the fantasy footballers put it out. Uh, this is their, their third year now. And this is my second year doing reception perception with them, which is the methodology I created and developed over the last four years to, to uh, evaluate wide receiver play. It's a ton of data, stuff you can't find anywhere else. Um, so, if you, again, if you go to receptionperception.com and uh, there's a link there to purchase the draft kit, you'll find all my work there. Awesome. Matt? It really was a pleasure to have you on. Uh, hopefully we can have you on again. Thank we appreciate you. it. Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Thank you. And welcome back. That was our interview with Matt Harmon. Jason, what did you think? You know, there was a moment there where I literally didn't know what else to say. <laughs> there there was a moment where all three of us just had to stop what we were doing, take a deep breath, and refocus because it was deep. And then move on uh, to some ridiculousness. Yeah, cause we went down a rabbit hole. And I don't know how many times he's gone down that rabbit hole like in real life on the on a podcast or on a show with somebody. I imagine it's not very often. So I want to thank Matt for, for coming on and being willing to talk about the stuff that he did. I mean, he gave a lot of insight into some deep, dark places that he has been as a person. I mean, everybody knows him from the Reception Perception. They know him from his old podcast. They know him as an NFL writer. It just goes to show you that, you know, just because they have all this great stuff going on in their life, life hasn't always been that great for them. And what I'm going to say here is, and we focus on the depression and the um, and the weight loss, and what I am going to say is he uh, he kept bringing it back to the positive. Like, he kept yep. mentioning the positive, and... and uh, that's something I need to learn a little bit because, you know, I focus on the negative, focus on the negative because I think that's the part where you learn. Like, that's where you learn to turn it around. You need to l listen and learn uh, what it's like when you're down there so you can pull yourself out of it. But he liked to turn it back to a positive, find the silver lining. And there's always a silver lining. Uh, well, for the most part. I, I'm not great with platitudes. I don't think there's always a silver lining, but. You're, you're a half glass, empty kind of guy. I am. I drink too much. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, if you want to find us, as normal, you can reach me on the Fantasy Life app. I'm at Dr. Mill. I'm at Geo. You can go to our 
website, www.bftgpodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at bftgpod. You can email us at bftgpodcast at gmail.com. Please send dick pics. Jason needs them. I need some dick pics. Go check out the guys at SleeperWire at their website, www.sleeperwire.com. Download all their shows. There's a slew of them. Check them all out. They're all great. Um, and soon you'll have you'll hear us on some of them. Yep, starting actually tomorrow. Starting tomorrow. Yep, uh, with the official announcement. I don't. I guess this isn't the official announcement. This is our official announcement. The unofficial official announcement. This is the official announcement from BFTG. We will be doing a crossover official announcement with Sleeperwire as well tomorrow. We're recording, so that's another reason to go to Sleeperwire. Subscribe to their podcast if you like hearing me and Jason, and you like what we do, and you like what we bring to the table. You'll find more of it there. You know what this is kind of like? What's that? You know how baseball has like 37 opening days? Yep. This is kind of like that. This is like the first opening day of like all the opening days of baseball. It's <laughs> a good analogy. All right, guys. Thank you for sleeping through your daily grind. <laughs>